pretty much being screwed, you know, like a lot of resentments, a lot of anxiety about what's not happening, a lot of perceived threats. And, uh, you know, I was listening to him and I was going, well, you know, like for me, I came into recovery and it was like 20 years of untreated alcoholism. So the alcoholism had like the the total proprietoriness of the Petri dish of my life and it was concocting its own little mutations. And after about 20 years, it had created a lot of Frankenstein monsters and now I didn't have my relief, which was getting loaded, yeah. And so you get to see your creations or your makings. Like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein finally comes to the awareness, look at what the fuck I've done, you know. And so, and now they seem to haunt you for quite a while. But the fact is, the program, and it's just a jumping off point, but it has, a, it has the ability to, to uh, decrease your mental condition so that another condition increases. It doesn't mean that there's anything added to the other condition. It's just its relevance in your life increases. Yeah? You can't add on to spirit or awareness, but, it's, but it can, its influence in your life can increase when, when the influence in your life that's driving you crazy decreases. Yeah? So when you start getting out of that Petri dish of self, you know, that I, me, mine, that incredible concoction of the importance of the self-loop of importance, you know, just constantly everything going back to the you that you're not, you know, and having that you that you're not regurgitate the meaning of what things are for you that you're not. When that Petri disc gets shifted, when uh, something turns and then you now start living from other principles and other ideas, and it starts, the the mental condition of selfing decreases, something is going to increase in your life. It's not like you have to stoke the fire. The fire's already there. You just have to stop stoking the fire that you're stoking. So when when you stop throwing the logs of your life, meaning your attention and interest and your belief and all like this, because your mind is very powerful, yeah? When that mind's power in all of its ways, interest, attention, belief, yes, assumptions is that it's when it stops being stoked into selfing, yeah, then what occurs is another aspect of mind, its influence increases. And because you're conscious, then you now start becoming conscious of that. Yeah. Where before you were conscious of every slight, every perceived slight, every this, every that, you know, every little pimple on your nose before you went to school or whatever like that. Now you're a conscious of what can't be seen. But now what can't be seen becomes a major influence in your life. And you know what occurs is that how you travel here in the seen world gets lighter. Because that's the one influence we've been looking for. But you can't get relief from things from things. You can't use things to get relief from things, yeah? You can't, so we, get, we, we now sense a, a, the spirit or nothingness, and that sense starts influencing our, our life in the traveling through things, and as seemingly a thing, and we start traveling lighter. In other words, you start living the rule 62 of the program, which is you stop taking yourself so seriously. Yeah? And the most serious you can take yourself is to take it to be you. You can't take anything more serious than that. And you stop doing it. It's not like you practice stop doing it, because if the Petri dish of, of selfing was still the dominant influence, then if you tried to get out of self, that would be self trying to get out of self, which is just another concoction of selfing. Yeah? It says, oh yes, I'm going to work, I'm going to study about myself, and I'm going to learn about myself, and by learning about myself, that will lead me to freedom from self. The learning about yourself leads you to a disinterest in self. That's what it does. If you truly learn about self, you get disinterested in it because it's not you. That's the greatest teaching. It's not like you learn about self and now you know why you're fucked. Yeah? Because there's a lot of professors of holes, but they keep falling in holes. Yeah? That knowledge doesn't serve them. If you learn about self, what it leads to is the disinterest in it because you learn that you're not that. Yeah? When it's presented to you, the qualities that sort of uh, apply to this made-up idea of being you, 
and when they're put under a, not even a strong light, just a sort of a soft light of, of inquiry, it gets becomes very clear that you're not that. You're not that which they infer because they can't actually produce you. They just, they do, they infer that there's a you and you do the rest. Your mind jumps to the point that, aha, I'm that. Yeah? The selfing, this mental process can never make you. It can make a you. Yeah? What's, what takes the A out of it is you, the mind. Not you, the thing that's made, but the mind. So there's the selfing infers that you're a doer, yeah? It infers that you're the one that's conscious. It infers that you're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It infers that you have problems. It infers that you were born and that you're going to die and that you are either inhabit a body, you are a body, or you're in alliance with a body, or you're a soul that's living through a body. Some story is telling you, but it's affiliated with this. All your, all your stories about spirituality are cast as a body. You call it a spiritual journey. The only thing that takes a journey is a body. Spirit doesn't journey anywhere. How could, where could you see spirit leave? You tell me, all right, spirit's packing up for a trip. Yeah, all right? And now spirit is going to leave this and then go somewhere else that spirit isn't? Spirit is non-formed. It's not locatable. It's no thing. It doesn't have any qualities. So to talk about a spiritual journey, what's on a spiritual journey? A body. Just like you take a journey into the Marin headlands to take a hike. What's hiking? You say it's you, but it's the body that's hiking, isn't it? The body is doing the is the body is doing the efforting. So we cast a spirit we cast a spiritual life in defined by being a body. The language is incredible. So here, so the idea of taking a spiritual journey for the, when you wake up to the spirit is totally ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, how can everywhere go anywhere to find itself? Everywhere it is, is there. Yeah? And there's no not there in everywhere. So, and this stuff falls on you and it just cascades revelation in a sense. It hits you and downloads occur and what was very confusing becomes super clear. Not by perusing tons of books but just by being what you are which is conscious. Yeah, You finally put attention on what you actually are. Not the body, not the thoughts, not your possessions, not your position, but the awareness of every position and every thought and of the body. So here, you're in selfing, you're going to need a lot of machetes, because there's going to be so much undergrowth and so much jungle growth in your life, because that Petri dish is going to produce anxiety out of what's not happening, it's going to, it's going to set up perceived threats where there's no threat at all, and so you're constantly going to be, not be able to see, and you'll need some damn sharp tools to cut through. But what would happen if you took away the Petri dish that jungle, that jungle growth is growing out of? It wouldn't grow. You could put the machete down. You could put the lawnmower down because now you'd see. Yeah? You wouldn't need a well-worn path that thousands of, that has been there for thousands of years. You'd see, you would see your own path that day. You would know your seat assignment, not your seat assignment placed that your church says you're in, or that your business says you're in, or that your upbringing says you're in, but you'd find your own seat assignment. You'd recognize it. You'd know that this is it. And then the idea of, I should be doing something else, would be so fucking ridiculous. Yeah? <laughs> it would be like, all the, all the belief in all those fake balloons would be sucked out. Yeah? They wouldn't be able to... <laughs> blow up and they wouldn't be able to block you from seeing the sky. Yeah? The balloons would be there, the possibilities that they could be blown up would be there, but what they need is you blowing them up and that wouldn't be occurring anymore. Yeah? And even if a few balloons pop, you start seeing the sky. A few more balloons pop, you see the sky. And after a while, a balloon arises, you still see the sky. Yeah? Because you don't forget the sky, even if it's filled with balloons anymore. 
Because now you have a first-hand whack that there's sky and sky alone. A balloon may arise and may appear and then pop, but the only way it can block me from the sky if I take myself to be in the position of looking at the balloon from this, this balloon in itself, this idea of being a self, yeah? That's already a balloon. We're not saying pop the 800 other ones, pop this one. Pop this one and then a balloon will be a balloon. It's what it means to you. That's what causes it to have the power to block you off from the sunlight of the spirit. It doesn't have it in and of itself. It's your power. Your power given to that idea that you're a loser that allows that thing, that, that crazy freaking idea to find root in this insane Petri dish and then to grow. Yeah. But it has to be blocked off from the light because if the light hit it, it would be dismissed. Yeah? This is the easiest off the way, I swear. I don't do anything in a way. I do the things I do that you would say promote a spiritual condition, I like doing. Yeah? I don't do them like a game plan every day. I like doing them. Yeah? I like that view. I like the clarity. I like, and when I need a reminder of how it could be, I go to a meeting and I listen to people and I follow what they're saying and look at where it came from. And it's usually rooted back into some form of reliance on self every time. Yeah. Now, how would, why would I cast myself as being the one exception to the rule I keep seeing displayed every time I listen to anybody and think I could be that runaway self? That does great. <laughs> I just listen. I say, I don't want any part of that. You know, my life is is an incredible benediction and gratitude for what's absent in it now. I swear. <laughs> I mean, woo! And and also, I follow back what's absent, and I see the reason why it's absent. Because this bondage to self was broken. And how it was broken was it was set, it was seen that it had never been cast in any kind of foundry. It had no ability to bond me whatsoever. It was my belief in it that caused it to seem to be so. Yeah. So, you know, you, if you don't, if you're looking from it, it looks like a huge mass that has so much energy caught in it that how the hell am I going to move it yeah if you're looking from it if you see it you see it almost as a mirage yeah even when you see a mirage and you know it's a mirage it keeps appearing it's not hallucinization it keeps appearing the selfing keeps appearing but you know there ain't no water there yeah you've, you've gone to the mirage too many times and there was nothing in the well so it doesn't you don't need you're not you're not destined to keep making that mistake, yeah? Even if the mirage is there, because you know better now. Yeah? It doesn't mean the selfing doesn't occur. It's occurring. When the thought system goes off on a rant, it goes off on the rant based on you as being a doer, you as being the haver, you as being the thinker, you as being a historical action figure. It has all these uh, assumptions that you that seem to be a solid foundation, and it just rips off of those. It's not going to stop. Maybe it will someday, but you won't even care if it does or doesn't, because you've lost interest in it. Because the whole base root of your attention to it, or bondage to it, is you take it to be you. And now you've woken up. I don't see that as me. Yeah? I'm not beholden to it. I don't follow its newsletter. <laughs> you know, I don't subscribe to it. I don't watch its new releases. <laughs> I don't buy its golden oldies. <laughs> and then what are you left with? Find out, man. Find out what it's like to be left, what, what you're left with. Yeah. How It's amazing how a day can be so filled and yet be so light. Yeah. It's so light, but it's so full. When you were trying to fill your day all the time, it was empty at the end, wasn't it? Quite a lot. 
Now it's it's light as hell, yet it's so filled. Yeah. You don't see mind. Let's say mind is a powerful, powerful, indescribable, stateless state where everything arises from, yes? And everything departs back into. And let's say that mind is now expressing in a place called time and space, yeah? In other words, it just doesn't express in one way. It expresses and during, in, through time, that expression can evolve and mutate and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <coughs> so the one idea is like, the, it's like nothingness is the gift that keeps on giving. That one idea of nothingness keeps on giving incessantly over and over again. Yeah? More and more revelations, more and more like flavors of serenity and peace, more and more flavors of joy, unbidden joy, joy that comes from seeing what seeing someone else light up, tons of different joys. <clears throat> it just doesn't give you one one size fits all because it's in time. So the mind is expressing in time. So it's going, instead of just curling around you once, it curls around you in all these different ways because it has years and years to do it. <laughs> so your idea of love or clarity eight years ago may be totally different, yet it's from the same seed. Yeah? But that seed has been germinating now for eight years, so now it's germinated a certain type of the same plant, let's say a freedom. But now this, this is, let's say, a very uh, tactile, sense-felt feel of fe feeling of freedom. Then maybe uh, eight months ago, it was a clarity, uh, uh, dis dis not in a, any form of type of entity feeling. Yeah? Just totally gone. Yeah? All these different things. This is mind expressing. Yeah? It need, for it to have a dream, it needs time and space, and it's doing that. Instead of living the nightmare that we live when self-centeredness is framing the mind, we've questioned the frame, we've entertained, hey, I may not be that, and now the mind isn't, isn't being contracted to move through this very, very small frame. It's now just gone, blew the frame apart. Yeah? So what was excluded, if I, don't, if I do this, I can't do that, is included. You can make money by doing what you love. All these things. All these things that you said, no, it's got to be this way or that way. New, 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 new. It can be any way the mind wants it to be. Yeah? It's incredible. Things that you had no idea that had been, that had been partitioned and placed on a hierarchy, they all get dismissed and then things get put in different levels and everything like that. Yeah? And it's just a wonder. Yeah? It's like beyond when you were a kid, because in the wonder and awe of being a kid, you didn't know that there could be anything else. Now you, let's say, have had years of that exquisite mental suffering of long-lasting, you know, independent terminal uniqueness, and now you've been, it's, it's been reverted back to the wonder and awe, so there's this huge amount of gratitude that goes along with it, which I didn't have when I was a kid, because I didn't know any better. I didn't know there could be a hell at the point where I was at. I had to grow into that option of hell. But I did grow into it, the mind did, and I lived in a sense that way for 20 years, and now to be relieved of that is an incredible provoker of gratitude. And yet there's the wonder and awe I had when I was four or five years old. Every time I go in the water, every time things happen. Yeah. Deb see me, I had the biggest smile like I when I was four years old when I come out of the water. Every time. There's no effort at all. It just happens. What was blocking that? Well, will I be in the water tomorrow? Oh, did I, I... I didn't get a big wave. This was a bad session. All those things used to block it. They now have no influence. So the kid-like experience can just shine through. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I can do the same thing. It's like that Labrador. You know, you take a Labrador to the beach, you throw the ball once, and it's going crazy. You throw it 800 times, it's exact going the same crazy, isn't it? 
It just won't stop until your arm falls off. That's why that guy made so much money. He got that little invention where you get the little cup and because it saved arthritis and dislocated shoulders if you had a Labrador because it's not going to stop. It's going to want to keep doing it. Or if a little kid came in here, I went, ooh, and the kid would laugh. If I did it 20 times, he would probably laugh 20 times. Yeah? What, that's sort of what it gets to be like. If you have anything that you enjoy, and you have the possibility to enjoy it, you'll be enjoying it. Yeah? <laughs> you'll be available to it. Yes? One time or 80 times. It won't matter. You're still available. Because now your availability isn't based on mental considerations. Of I'm going to withhold myself now so I can embrace the, the future now. That's going to be so much better. I'm going to say no to everything that the day is saying to me. Because I'm saying yes to that future day that I know is going to be great. That's gone. It's dismissed. You realize all these fucking petty tyrants that were controlling the ebb and flow of your interest and attention have been kicked out of holding the, you know, the, the faucets, the spigots. Yeah. If joy comes, you pay attention to it. Oh, you, I wasn't expecting you. I'm not on the, I just thought I'd be at the retreat when this joy came. I'm supposed to be at work, so no, I can't have... No, joy supersedes everything, Yeah. The pause supersedes everything. Pledge allegiance, like Jesus says, you know, if you, if you seek the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you. He wasn't joking, in a way. Okay. Seek the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so if you follow it back, why, in recovery, we talk about doing service? For, obviously, why? Because service takes your attention out of your little gravitational field of I, me, my, doesn't it? You've got to pay attention to someone else for a little bit. That's why, it's, that's why it works. It's based on the problem. That's what defines the solution. That's why the third step in recovery is to turn one's will and life over to care of a higher power because you're not managerial quality. That's it. Yeah. But also, don't forget to see myself in them. Yes, you can see that. There's tons of benefits. But I'm saying, like, with these, we, I was at a meeting today, and they were talking about it as if it's an option. It's not an optional service. You have to do service if you have alcoholism. You have to do it, at least in the beginning, because there's no way you're going to break the gravitational field. Self never going to leave self. Yeah. So if you're identified as self and you want to get out of self, you're not going to break the gravitational field of selfing. Yeah? But service pierces it. Because you, because you identify with something greater than yourself at that moment. Let's say it's the program or just, you know, you see someone suffering. And that's enough to puncture the membrane of self. And then some of your attention goes out. And when it goes back into the membrane, you feel better. Yeah? Don't you know? When you, when you have forgotten yourself, you feel better, don't you? That's the whole thing. There was a great master Dogen of uh, Japanese Zen. He says, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. If you study the self, the, you know, the small s, if you actually study it, you will forget it because you'll realize it's not you. And, you real, and then you realize, because I take it to be me, that's why I'm stuck in it. Yeah? It's not like self is something that's coming and fucking with you. You are totally engaged in its manufacture. You're watching the selfing, which is going to happen just like breathing happens. You're watching the mental process called selfing, and the mental process infers you're the doer, you're the haver, you're the one who's conscious. It doesn't say consciousness is, is what's actually so. It says you are, yeah? And if you listen to that narrative, all the thoughts that go through your head couched in that sound of, your, of the language, yeah? If you're listening to it unconsciously, there's a, a leap the logic of the mind makes, which is, if there's an action, there must be an actor, yeah? If there's a thought, there must be a thinker. If there's a feeling, there must be felt, yeah? It makes this, and it sounds logical, so if there's an action happens, I must have done that, yeah? If there's thinking, yeah? I must be the thinker. Once it makes that, yeah, 
Hey, bro, how are you? <laughs> so here's our master visitor. Hey, bro, how are you? Come on, hug. Come on, hug. Okay. Where are you going? I'm not hugging you. See you tomorrow morning? Yeah, I'll call you. See you. See you, Colin. This is Colin. Send Mark's son. Colin, bye bye. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> this is going to be our weekly new master. <laughs> we'll bring a new master in every week. <laughs> Next week will be a cat. <laughs> you don't see it? See that kid's face? <laughs> you think he's worrying about next week? Or how he looks? Give me a break. <laughs> he's free from what? The bondage of self right now. Yes? He's more open to that freedom than most of us are. He has been bound for a while. Yes? He's got... He floats back and forth quite easily. We tend not to anymore. We've sort of gotten stuck, and the membrane's gotten thicker. And then we, have, we suffer a disease which is self can't get out of self. So even our, our attempts to break the membrane, we're still identified with this essence of the membrane. So there's no escape. He doesn't have that dilemma right now. He's growing into it, but he doesn't have it right now. Yeah? So he can walk here, bright as a fucking lamppost. Yeah? Hug and then go. Wouldn't you like a little of that quality back in your life? That you could respond to that quickly? There wouldn't be a big, oh, 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 big consideration of your face when your ass wants to jump in the water. That you'd be willing to save your ass instead of your face. Yeah. I sure feel a lot better with it. Yeah. And the more you entertain it, the more it envelops you. Yeah. With no effort or thought either on your part. It's not like you're not even doing service anymore. You're like of service. Yeah. You're open to being of service. It doesn't have to be in a formed manner. Because now, the same, I used to use this idea a lot, where here you are in the membrane of selfing, and you're trapped. It's claustrophobic in there. You're like a marathon runner in a closet. You just go obsessing around the idea of you all day, indirectly or directly. Yeah? On and on and on and on and on. So here we do service. So after years of doing service, quote-unquote service and recovery, I realized when I did service, I, what would the feeling I get? The feeling I would get is I felt available. Yeah? I felt like almost like I came out of a hole. Yeah. Felt available. And when I felt available, what did I feel? What did I feel in that availability? I sensed the presence. We maybe name it a higher power or something, but I sensed some presence. Couldn't put my finger on it, but I sensed it. It was more like a, a buoyant type of feeling. Yeah. Just by being available to someone. But then the mind would track retract itself back into the membrane and then I'd have to do service again to get that hit. Yeah? And sometimes the mind would have a huge story going on and I'd go to a service thing and in ten minutes that story would be neutered, null and voided. Yeah? The power of the presence of doing service was enough to stop these trains of self-will. Yeah? But after a while I realized that here, so here I am taking myself to be something I'm not, which is trapping my mind in a very confined space, yeah? A space of things and time. And then I do something, an action, to sort of care about someone else, so a part of my attention breaks through the membrane, and I feel what? I feel myself outside the membrane, so I feel bigger, I feel available. And then I would sense a presence. One time that happened, and I realized I'm the presence. Yeah? I'm the presence. I'm not that thing in a membrane that's bonded to another fucking crazy idea called self. <laughs> I'm not that. Yeah? I'm not that. I'm the presence. This is what's happening in time. This is an experience that my mind is making up that I'm caught in this membrane and I'm disconnected and I'm unfulfilled and I'm selfish and self-centered and I'm all these things, you know? But that's the story. Yeah? 
I was still taking the, the, the experience of the presence as an experience that I was having. But fact, the presence is what I am, and it's not an experience, yeah? So when I started to entertain it that way, I realized I love service. It's not, I don't need to take tons of commitments. If I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I'm going to be used here. Because everyone, else, everyone who's willing, who's a volunteer, will be used here. You will be used, I'm telling you. Yeah. So the whole point is to see that. So there was no, I never had a break through any membrane. It was my belief that I was inside the membrane that had me trapped. Yeah. It was my own belief. If you would have touched the door, you would have seen it would have swung right open. But the door to you, to your belief, it said forbidden. Yeah. It's a story. Yeah. But it's a story that we're had by. And what happens is when there's the relief, now you have stories, which is sort of fun. Yeah. But then at that point you're had by a story. That isn't that much fun. Because now you can't break out of the theme of the story. And I'm telling you, the theme of the story of selfing is not to be happy, joyous, and free. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, and you're going to be bound by that theme. You're not going to be able to break out of the pages of that story. But when, you're, when there's a, a relief from that bondage of self, you have a story. It's fun. It's an expression. You're a unique, quirky, little freaking character. Yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> but once it has you, and then you're defined by it, no. Start in a simple point. You've been here before, haven't you, Miss? No? no? Do you know where you are? Um, well, I um, met a friend of yours in Costa Rica. Oh. And he uh, suggested that I... Marcos. Ah, yeah. oh, Marcos. Tell him I said hello when you talk with him. Okay. And then you can blame him for your <laughs> night. He <laughs> suggested I come and hear you speak and Oh, great, great, yes. So I don't know exactly where I am right now. (laughs) 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 Well, let's let's break it down to something. There's mind modalities, yes? And so there's one main modality, which is self-centeredness. Most people are looking from that frame, like this, yeah? There's the frame of self-centeredness. And so your life is defined by that frame. Every picture, every experience is influenced by the framing of the experience, yes? So let's say there's mind, or spirit, or whatever you want to call it. I like mind. So mind, let's say, is a much huger thing than what it's being defined as in self-centeredness. In self-centeredness, it's taking itself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yeah? An action figure. It's taking itself to be the doer of actions, to be the thinker of thoughts, to be the hearer of sounds, to be the taster of, of tastes and stuff like that, when that's not the case, actually. You could be sitting here in this room if your eyes are open and you have, t- you have taken a complete lifelong vow never to see a bird again. If a bird flew by, you'd see it. You wouldn't have any say in the matter, would you? As long as your eye was open, you would see that bird fly by because the eye is facilitating consciousness. Consciousness is available it facilitates through an eye, and it's called vision, and so it sees what's ever in front of it, as long as the eye's open, yeah? Now, the selfing, which is a mental process, is an idea that the mind runs, which is, it says, I'm the one who's seeing, yeah? I'm the one who's feeling. And so the attention and interest and the honoring of spirit or consciousness is forgotten, and now you become the false god, in a way, yeah? So now you believe you're the doer, You believe you're the haver. You believe you're the mover and shaker. You believe you're the alpha and the omega. And in in that position, you now suffer the qualities that you're going to suffer from the lack of attention to what is. It's just that freaking simple. And then you watch it. It's like a Petri dish. The neuroses just keep multiplying. People get weirder and weirder, more perverse, and it's just spinning out of freaking control. And all you really need is a sense of nothingness instead of all these things. Yeah. But see, self can't find, get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek the mind. You have to realize what you're not. 
And in that realization, you'll know what you are. You don't have to realize what you are because you don't. You don't. You can't. But you can realize what you're not. Yeah. You can realize, hey, I'm not that which these thoughts are inferring. I am not the doer. I am not the thinker. I am not the feeler. What's feeling can never be felt. What's hearing can never be heard. Yeah. What's what's smelling can never be smelled. I cannot have an experience of what I am, but I can learn what I'm not. And in learning what I'm not, it's the seeing of what I'm not, that's what I am. I wake up, I am the seeing, I am the consciousness that's now informing me, I'm not that, I am that. I am that which is informing me what I'm not. Yeah? It's incredible, it's beautiful. And there's nothing more needed to do. Yeah? In, the, in what you're not, it's all about doing. In what you are, it's not about doing at all. <laughs> It's just about seeing. <coughs> and you fulfill that requirement, you're awake. You're conscious now. Huh? You're conscious. In that consciousness, that's all that's needed. So we just throw a little invitation in there. <coughs> let's start with thinking. Now let's take another... Uh, the thinking is happening is supposedly in the brain, which is an organ of the body. Let's take another functioning of the body, digestion. Now, if someone sat here and started saying, oh, I've got to leave early tonight. I forgot to digest this burrito I had yesterday. You know, I've got to get home. I think I got the pizza from Saturday. I didn't eat the whole thing. And, and everyone would laugh. <laughs> That's so funny. But now, a much subtler process, we keep claiming to be the doer of that, thinking. <laughs> this blows my mind, really. This one really blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the arrogance of selfing is incredible. It will, it, it will just leap to a very subtle process called thinking and say, I'm the thinker. <laughs> and then it may, it may want to get into affirmations and try not to have bad thoughts. It's like herding cats, you know? They don't, they don't, they're not beholden to you. They don't listen to you. Yeah? A thought doesn't listen to another thought. And the idea of being a thinker is a thought. <laughs> It's just another one of the cats that is running around like crazy. <laughs> so this idea of being a thinker, start there. Yeah, We have it easy. I'm in recovery. We have it very easy because I came into recovery and it was, it was obvious after a few months that I was living under the pretense that no one ever thought like I thought. No one ever felt what I, like I felt. No one ever did the heinous things that I did. And after a few months of listening to a lot of people... I had to come to two conclusions. How did they get my thoughts? Or they're not mine. You know what I mean? I mean, they think just like me. You know, they feel just like I felt. And they did shit like I did. So, it was a really beautiful example of the impersonalness of this parasite or this foreign installment, yeah? There's millions of us thinking we're so unique but what's producing the sense of uniqueness is the same mental modality. <laughs> Self-centeredness. <laughs> all selfing, all self needs uniqueness. To feel like it's independent and separate and long-lasting, it must feel unique. Yeah, That feeling of being unique, like no one ever thought the thoughts like you thought, is just a fucking story. It's just a, it's producing that effect. Yeah? It's using your juice to produce it. If you're believing the thoughts, just like someone came into this meeting yesterday, I feel really disconnected. I, so after the meeting, I said, well, who's been telling you that? <laughs> where, did, where, where did you get that information you were disconnected? From the fucking head. Yeah? That's the problem. You know? So now, you're sitting in a place totally free, no problems whatsoever, but you've made one up. I'm disconnected from this place where I always feel good. I'm meeting. It's made up. You see? It's made up. This whole thing is contrived. It's all seemingly. It's all appearing to be true or false based on you. Yeah? So, if my head says I'm disconnected, I look at it, and I'm aware that it said I'm disconnected. <laughs> you know what I mean? While knowing I can't be disconnected. It's sort of like the idea of trying to get into the moment when you can't be out of a moment. Yeah? It's pretty insane, isn't it? There's tons of books about how to get into the moment. But have you ever entertained, can you actually be out of a moment of your own life? Can you? 
Have you missed any moment in your own life? You may have thought you missed it, but you were there. Yeah? You've never been out of a moment. What's, why would we want to be trying to get into the moment if we can't be out of it? I would think it would be much wiser to realize I can't be out of the moment. Yeah? I tried the first one. I did. I did classes. It was like, you know, the book. You get the first book. How to be in the moment. And then it would, the next would be how to really be in the moment. And then the third edition is how to really, really be in the moment. And I followed it, never read the whole thing, but I do all the exercises and everything. But, but what it really affirmed without me knowing it is that I could be out of the moment. Yeah? That was what the whole point of the selfing is. It's not about getting out of it, being in the moment. It wants you to believe that you can be out of the moment. That's where it plays God. It, it has you believing insane assumptions. That's its playing God. So if you believe you can be out of the moment, then you can believe you can get into the moment. And it'll keep you busy trying to get into the moment, but it's just reaffirming the belief you can be out of the moment. I'd much rather go to that belief. Can you be out of a moment? If you get that, what's, what is there to do? You're, you can't get more into here. You're here. And then what happens is, bing, you recognize you're here. That's the beautiful message, yeah? You recognize, hey, all right, so I finally got the basic ground back in place. I'm here, yeah? I was living the idea that I, I'm not here, yeah? That was the assumption most of my day was built on. I'm not here, yeah? All right, let's get that thing out of the way. Now let's get a, a, a solid foundation to my experience here. I'm here. Okay, let's start there. Okay, once I realize I'm here, I have what? Immunity to there. Yeah? So when my mind starts bombing or mining for anxiety and what's not happening, you know, you're going to be really fucked next week, Paul. Like, three weeks from now, your girlfriend's going to be sleeping with your best friend. I can, you better have a preemptive attack already, you know? Like this. All that stuff that's trying to grab my attention, I have an immunity to it. Why? Because I'm here. Yeah? I recognize blue is blue. I'm here. I'm not there. Yeah? What would happen as soon as you recognize something's not happening? What more do you need to do? Do you need to seek relief from what's not happening if you recognize it's not happening? There's already relief. The relief is based in here. The relief for there can only be found here. You're not going to get relief from there and there. As soon as you send your dogs of thoughts out there to find relief there, you're fucked there. Yeah? And you know when you're fucked there? You're fucked here. Then you want to start getting out of here. That's how insane it is. You start wanting getting out of where you can't leave. i got to get out of here. This is driving me crazy. The here isn't driving you crazy. The belief in there and then is driving you crazy. And where is it driving you crazy? Not there and then, but here. This is about, okay, let's get the basic facts down. Are you here? Can you be out of a moment? No. Okay. Well, I'm having such a difficult time locating myself. All right, well, look at your feet, and here you are. St. John's Presbyterian Church, Wednesday night, I think. Okay, let's start there. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> now the head goes... But you're really going to be fucked. You're probably going to have cancer five weeks from now. You're going to have such a freaking immunity to that idea. It's just because the here has an incredible gravitational pull. In what's not happening, anything can happen. Yeah? Whatever your imagination can entertain can happen in what's not happening. But here, it has a quality what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. It's not much, but it's everything. Yeah, it's a big enough anchor to keep you from getting lost in those seas of what's not going on. Yeah, start there. And all right, let's see. I'm trying to get out of self. How long have you been trying to get out of self? Every time I shot dope, I was trying to get out of self. Every time I was watching a movie, I was trying to get out of self. I mean, I've been trying to get out of self for a long time. How how successful was it? Well. You can see it wasn't that successful if you're still trying to get out of self. <laughs> I, I 
would imagine the addiction now is trying to get out of self. <coughs> Don't you think? If you're still trying to get out of self, it hasn't worked. You're still addicted. It's another form of addiction. So let's say, let's entertain the idea, <coughs> like it says in recovery, the, you're not, you don't have a problem. I don't know if you're in recovery or not, but you don't have a problem, you are the problem. Wow. If I'm the problem, we're pretty screwed, you know? And then if I'm a problem, when someone will misquote the book and say, we, we're recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, it doesn't say that. It says seemingly hopeless, meaning it appears to be true or false to you. In other words, you're giving it all the meaning it has, alright? So if I'm the problem and there's a solution, what could that solution be? It must be that the problem is a misidentification. I'm taking myself to be something that I am not, and that's the problem. I can wake up to that fact, and that's the solution, yeah? So from the solution's point of view, there is no problem. From the problem's point of view, right? you're going to be looking for tons of solutions. But from the solution's point of view, there is no problem. Once there is, if, if, the, if you wake up to, I'm not that, that's the solution, there is no problem, then there's no solution. That's just that, yeah? Like dog shit awareness, like just basic onness, just obviousness. It's not a special solution, because you've seen the problem as imaginary, Yeah? It was only a solution in name only. As long as the problem seemed to exist, then there was a need for a solution. The solution is the problem doesn't exist, therefore there's no need for a solution. That's the best solution. You can't screw up a non-solution. <laughs> you can't get a turbocharged solution. Yeah, It's just the solution, and then it ain't. And that's really the solution. Yeah? Now you're walking around all day as the solution. Nothing needs to be added on, and what's going to be removed is going to be removed like you're on an operating table and you're not the doctor. Life is just going to sort of pare you down, economize you, things you thought were essential will drop away, things will happen, and you'll be under, you'll be like under an operation. All the while, you'll be quite aware of what you're aware of. Yeah, that space, that presence. So now gratitude won't be an experience. Your attitude will be infused in, with it, yeah? You won't be searching for humility. You'll be too humble for that. <laughs> what? Humility. You won't be searching for humility, you'll be too humble for that. You won't have any idea of these words because it'll be more it'll be closer to you than your breath. Yeah. Without any thought or effort on your part. It'll be like you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. These things come to pass. You just entertain a possibility. That's what I did. I entertained this message when I heard it. And in my uh it produced an unspoken yes. That became like the bedrock. And then a lot of downloads and stuff occurred that sort of just grew around that rock of that unspoken yes. Yeah. And it, it's like a... It puts out a presence. You sense it. And it's the thing that you've been looking for your whole life. You were claiming it to be something else or somewhere else, but it's actually what you really are. That's what you've been looking for. This, this disguise, this masquerade of being something you're not just needs to be questioned. So if I am the problem, and the problem is identification as self, then there is a solution. Yeah? Because the identification with self can be outgrown. Yeah? It can be broken. Don't you see? If I'm the problem, that means that's after the identification as self has taken place. Yes? It's rooted now, and it's now growing all its lovely mutations of selfing. Yeah? That's the I am that problem. That's how it feels. The solution is you're identified as that. You're truly not that. So, in a sense, 
yes, you, you are not someone who has a problem, you are the problem, but because it's a, a problem of identification, there is a solution. I'm not that, is the solution. Yeah. And then your own, your own teacher, then you're your own guidepost, then your own light. Yeah, you're not looking for artificial lights. It's like if this room was in the dark and you needed to go to the bathroom and you don't remember where it is, you'd be in trouble, yeah? So then there'd be some entrepreneur here selling maps to the bathroom saying, oh, I saw it once when the light was on and <laughs> give me five bucks and get through that chair, go, you know, make your apologies before you run into people and get over there. And then that value, that map would seem valuable. But what would happen if you just turned the light on? You'd be able to see the door and go to the bathroom quite easy, wouldn't you? That's all what it's like. When does stop waiting for the light to be turned on? The light is on. You're that. You don't need anyone to turn it on. The best thing we can do is invite you to recognize it. Yeah. And hopefully sit in the certainty of entertaining it themselves. So you can get on with it. Yeah. See what happens. If you're not beholden to your thoughts, you'll be... be see what happens. You know, find out what it's like not to be driven by thoughts. See what, see what else drives this action figure. See what else can drive this. Not the thought system. Something. See what other modalities of mind can become the navigational system for this. See. See how many coincidences will flood in your life. See how you'll see the mosaic of choreography that's going on here. See how nothing is wasted or lost anywhere in this place, yeah? See how it just the, you'll, you'll sense an intimation of something so beyond what you can imagine in your own life. In other words, you won't be digging in like archaeological digs to find 5,000-year-old scriptures. You'll be the living scripture. You'll experience what they were speaking about in your own life, you know? Walking around, going to the cafe. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage. It happened when you're going to Starbucks. I'd rather not go to Starbucks, go somewhere else. So, yeah. You know, we bring in the music. You hear them chanting it outside? It's meditation time. Hear it? In the church, they have the music on, don't they? Or is it me? <laughs> 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 I don't have any audio hallucination. I love them. <laughs> I love hearing the music. Yeah. You got in touch with He told me you were coming us some months ago, though, eh? No, I only met Oh, there's someone else who's going to send. Yeah, no, I only met him last month, and um, he actually gave me, uh, he was giving me a ride from Costa Rica to Nicaragua, and then hung out for a couple of days, and um, he's San Francisco, and he's like, my friend Paul lives there. Oh, my God. Check him out. There you go, like this.